It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. This is the scenario we've been waiting for to watch the heads of the woke explode. And Cannabis 2.0 coming to Washington State. And a federal court has ruled the state of Idaho must do this. But first... Give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. It is the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610, the number to get involved. Also via email, 610-KONA.com. That's the website, bottom line page, name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. And on top of that, we are are on Twitter at BottomLine610. We have been following it, of course, for you since last week. The discussions between the KEA and KSD did not resolve before uh, this morning. So the KEA's voted strike went into effect this morning. We understand they are still talking. We do not have a... Uh, an update to share with you as of this time. But we do understand that negotiations have been going on since this morning. Um, I want to share the results of our poll question yesterday, Ed, because it, it was it was kind of an outside-the-box question, not so much. Um, it was more of a thought-provoking thing. 1900, or 19,000 kids and families are affected by the strike should those families be able to file a class action suit against the union KEA to recoup any money they have to spend because of the strike for what child care child care anything that falls on the back end say if they're on strike for a month and vacations had to be canceled without being able to get money back um, added costs and things that would come with having to go to school for an additional month, all those kind of things, things they wouldn't normally incur if it wasn't for the strike. 71% said yes. They should be able to sue the union. Yep. Hmm. 71% said those families should be able to have the option to file a class action suit against the KEA. Hmm. Now, we want to make a distinction. It's not against the teachers individually. No. It is against the union. You bring up that point. I think it should be pointed out uh, that a similar scenario played out in Pasco a few years ago, if you recall. Uh The teachers in Pasco did not start their school year on time. In fact, they went, what was it, a week and a half, two weeks, something like that. Uh, I think Labor Day was thrown in there, so that's why I'm saying it was either a week and a half or two weeks. Yeah, I think it was two weeks. Yeah, something like that, uh, where they were on strike. And the lo- there was a lawsuit filed, and it was playing out in court, and they were, you know, there was going to be fines for every day missed and, and all this stuff. The litigants in the case, filed a suit against the union, the 
in that in that case, the Pasco uh, Teachers Association, uh, not individual teachers or anything like that, but the the organization, the entity, and they specifically named uh, the Pasco Association of Educators president and the leadership and the negotiating team. Right. Uh, so that's that's a similar comparison. Well, this was actually a lawsuit filed in Franklin County Superior Court um, that eventually went by the wayside once the once the uh, agreement was reached and and whatnot. So that's that's interesting. Nearly three quarters of the people believe that for any for any costs incurred, not pain and suffering, right? Right. No, not or, pain and suffering. Or inconvenience or anything like that. Actual money that you had to you had to dole out. Yeah. Because be- of this. Because let's be real for a second. This is this has been a contentious battle. Oh yeah. Um for at least since this last spring when negotiations began. And you could even argue it going back to last year if you want to. But this is a very contentious battle. And both sides seem very much dug in. And nobody knows how long this is going to last. You know, I referenced the Pasco strike a couple of years ago. That, too, was a very contentious battle. And there were some bad feelings on both sides, uh, even after an agreement was reached. And that lasted, again, about two weeks. I would be surprised if the Kennewick strike lasted a month. Could it go a week or two? That wouldn't shock me. The other the other part of the equation to consider is this is fairly unprecedented in the fact that a state mediator has been involved for a week now. Uh-huh. Usually... Under normal circumstances, a state mediator is brought in to loosen a log jam or help in the final stages, you know, tie up, you know, what needs to be tied up so an agreement can be reached. They're they're involved a day, two days, maybe three on the outset. Now we're talking a week and they're scheduled to meet with both sides independently that's the other thing is for the last week, the union and the district haven't even been in the same room for the last week. It's the mediator hopping between the two rooms saying this side has this proposal and this side wants to change this, this and this language. And what do you think of this? And, you know, whoever that mediator or mediators are getting a good workout because they're having to hop in between a couple of rooms. They've definitely uh, the mediators have definitely earned whatever stipend they get because they have been going for. I mean, yesterday it was almost twelve hours, right? Um, you know, I don't know what time the they weekend, started this morning, but I know probably that, somewhere around eight. I would imagine eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, and and they were there um, late, fairly late. Um, there's just so much to unpack with this five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. Some people were critical that the the district um, announced there would not be any school today. Uh, what was it? Seven thirty, seven forty five, eight o'clock, somewhere in there. They they went as long as they could. Well, negotiating. Here's the thing, you know, and and ironically, they were still negotiating when the announcement was made. But yeah. look, when you 
run an operation, you have to allow for, you know, to let everybody know. Right. You know, the all the secretaries and all the janitors had to know the bus, you know, the bus people were all set to go this morning. They had to be in, informed. You know, they, the, the YMCA that was offering the child care today had to be notified and get their plan in place. So they had to back time it, you know, and, you know, but they're, you know, people are being critical of the timing there. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? This is Steve Kennewick. Hi, Steve. What's going on? Uh, one of the things that you guys didn't look at is the, there are two sides to this equation. And uh, it's not just the teachers holding out. It's the school district holding out. There's a, dis, you know, there's a, a disagreement. Uh, which one's right, which one's wrong, that's not really something that even makes any difference uh, because those this has happened because they have not come to an agreement. And uh, it may sound real heavily on the side of, you know, let's bash the teachers for, for not uh, accepting what the district offered, but, but it's a two-sided street. So when you get down to talking about lawsuits, uh, that class action suit could include the district also. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. I, I guess the, the <clears throat> in some ways, I, I get what he's saying. It's, I, uh, it, I, it's semantics. I get what he's saying, too. But, but here's the thing. The school district didn't decide to go on strike. True. That is true. The, the, the employees right. voted to go on strike, and, you know, it's, it's the employees that, you know, are accepting of a contract that's offered by the boss or not. Uh, it's not necessarily the other way around. Now, right. could, could a parent also list the district, uh, you know, to recoup costs? I guess, if, you know, Probably, I think not after a day or so, but if this yeah. drags on two weeks, I suppose <clears throat> you could because, you know, they've been at it for so long and, and uh, you could blame both sides in a lawsuit, I suppose. Five four seven one six ten. If you'd like to join the conversation, take a quick time out. Come back with more. Your thoughts. Five four seven one six ten. Also via email. Six ten k one a dot com. Bottom line page name. Where you're listening. What you'd like to say. As well as on Twitter at bottom line six ten. More of the show after this. Now back to the bottom line, presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610, if you would like to get involved in the program. And if you'd like to have a better option when it comes to your insurance coverage, there's one place to go, and that's Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance. You can check out his website, jasonhogue.com, or pop in and visit his office on Road 68 in Pasco. There's a lot of different kinds of insurance out there. And, of course, depending on what you need, well, Jason's got everything to fit under your umbrella. They've been doing it for over 90 years. If you're a farm owner, talk to them about farm insurance. Small business owners, they've got you covered there as well. And then for people that, well, work every day for a living. You've got car insurance. You've got life insurance. You've got homeowners insurance. All of those and more, including safe driver programs for you and your team. Visit jasonhogue.com or stop by and see him at his office on Road 68 in Pasco. Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance. 5471610 is the number to uh, join the conversation talking about this first day of the Kennewick 
uh, teachers strike. It's also the subject of our poll question. Absolutely. How long do you think the Kennewick teacher strike will last? At bottom line 610, at 610 KONA Radio, how long do you think it will last? We've got a few options for you that you can answer. Um, social media is a, is is an interesting creature. Um, there has been there has been <laughs> there's been much written, um, and there's a lot of I'm gonna try and find the best way to put this. When you're entrenched on a side, you don't see anything other than your side. And it makes it difficult to be able to see anything other. Um, It's funny because what we have done for the last week when we have discussed this is we have made a distinction, a distinct distinction between the union of the teachers. If you read social media, that distinction is not being made. No. And here's what I find the most interesting part of this. I know firsthand there are many teachers that are not happy with how this has gone. Well, sure. It wasn't a 100% vote to strike. Exactly. They're not happy with the way this has gone. The union has used the teachers as their shield for years and has been their way to put forward their demands and use the teachers as a block shield to get empathy from the community. Now that the school district has used the same tools, social media, press releases, to put out information about the bargaining sessions, their offers, so on and so forth. I find it funny that those that are against the district are saying that they are using social media and using the press and and all these other things irresponsibly and maliciously to make teachers look greedy. Actually, the KEA is doing a good enough job of that on its own. Because they have put out in their releases, today's was a prime example. It's not all about the money, but yeah, actually, it's all about the money. And it keeps coming back to the same point. It's about the money. So if it's not about the money, what's wrong with taking a staggered over three years instead of getting a glut? If it's not about the money, then... What's wrong with coming to a, 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 a different type of agreement? That, to me, tells me that it, it it's all about the money. Here's the thing, and I'm glad that you made the distinction uh, between the union and the individual teachers as a group. Because we're talking about how many teachers, like, 1,200? 12 to 13? Yeah, like 1,200 teachers. I think there's 1,325 certified people that work for the school district, something like that. Okay, so there's that many teachers being represented by the union. You're not going, I mean, like I said, it wasn't a 100% vote to strike. Right. I don't remember what the percentage was, but it wasn't a 100%. And you have to, you as a union have to represent 
the group as a whole. Mm-hmm. And and no, not every teacher is thrilled about going on strike. Here's here's been my experience when I have talked with teachers and, you know, asked them about this on the record, off the record, everything that yeah, there is a handful of teachers who are very much uh you know, very steadfast in their support of the union and and what the union is doing. And this even goes back to this strike in Pasco a few years ago. A majority of the teachers, however, are in this because they kind of have to be or they feel like they have to be because they're a part of the union. Yeah, they can come out of the union and all that stuff. And there's a handful of teachers that are not union. We know that. I still contend that a vast majority of the teachers that are on the picket lines today would like nothing more than for there to be an agreement, get into their classroom, and teach their kids. Yep. I, I, I truly believe that. There are some that want to take it to the district. I get that. There's always going to be some. But when when I see on social media, well, they should just replace all the teachers and, and bring in new ones to, you know, then that would solve the problem. Yeah, it doesn't solve the problem. No, no, it doesn't. And I don't I don't like punishing all the teachers. You know, it, it's it's the construct of the union. And it it's been this way for how long? We go through this song and dance all the time with especially with school districts and teachers unions. And it's it's the unions and the union representatives, the leadership going in and their job is to get as sweet a deal as possible for their teachers, for their members. The district's job is not that. No. <laughs> the district's job is more or less to run a business. Now, you can argue that is there overspending in other areas and misappropriations in other areas? Absolutely, there is. But they're looking at it from a dollars and cents perspective in most cases. So you have two sides that are coming at it from different points of view. And in my opinion... It's not just the kids, it's not just the parents, but I feel a vast majority of the teachers are caught in the middle of this whole ugly mess. I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, other comments that, that I thought that were interesting, in fact, I'll, I'll hold a couple of them until we get back because there was one that just blew my mind. Um, those that are, are 100% behind the union don't like the administration. Those that are 100% behind the administration don't like the union. And that's where you get some of these social media comments, one of which we've already discussed. There was another one, though, that, well, just violates all the simple principles of math. And uh, so that that, that one's not going to work out too well. But speaking of which, well, we brought up yesterday that that's, that's 42% proficiency in Kennewick School District. So I, I, I think that there are some things that certainly could be uh, negotiated in if you really want to get down and have a hard line negotiation. 
for those type of increases that are being asked for. More of this bottom line after this. Hook up with the bottom line on Twitter at bottom line 610. Now back to the show presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. Five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. You can email us too by going to the website six ten kona dot com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment if you want to take part in our uh, poll question on Twitter at bottom line six ten. Uh, it's a simple one. The Kennewick School District teachers are on strike today. Is uh, strike day number one? How long do you believe? The strike will last, and you can go to our our poll on Twitter and cast your vote there. So, how long has Dave Bond been the superintendent of the Kennewick School District? Well, for a number of years now. Been a while now. Yeah, been yeah. A while now. And 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 the the talk is that this will be his last year. Looking at retirement, mm-hmm. um, there was a, a yet another uh, brilliant social media post where uh, someone opined that they should cut Dave Bond's salary. Oh. Yes. Now, of course, administrators' salaries are public, just like teachers are, because they're paid with public funds. Yes. And I think it was last year, including bonuses, Dave Bond made about 200, just shy of 250000 I think, somewhere around. Quarter million, yeah. Including bonuses, mm-hmm. okay. Um, so let's, let's, let, even, even, let's propose we cut his salary in half. Yep, that'll go a long way to make up the $6.5 million in teacher salaries that are being asked for. Yeah. That'll go a long way. 125000 in the bucket towards $6.5 million. But that's not even – that's the ridiculous part of the statement. The other part of the statement that doesn't go to, what is the job of the superintendent? To job, run the district. Run the district. He's, he's basically the CEO of the district. He's the CEO of the district. His job is to run the entire school district, all yes. the schools. Mm-hmm. His job is to try and secure – goodwill with the public Mm -hmm. in order to be able to get bonds passed to be able to improve the conditions in those schools, build new schools, adapt for growth, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And levies, operating levies, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Dave Bond has probably been responsible for, what, over half a billion dollars to come into the Kennewick School District to build new schools. Uh, They're finally getting around to redoing the high schools. I'd say half a billion dollars, right? I I don't know, but sure. Probably, I mean, probably, it, it, each, each of the bonds, each of the bonds are around a hundred million. Okay, they they keep getting a little bit more, but the last all three right. I think have all been around a hundred million, and okay. then yeah, the one that was ninety before that. So you, you you've got you know close to yeah. close to a half a billion. Um, how many of those schools have expanded? How many more classrooms have been added to those schools? How have the conditions in those schools improved for people to work and go to school in? That would be the job of the superintendent. So if you want to cut his salary for that, you know, go right ahead. Because, like I said, $125,000 will go a long way to $6.5 million that's being asked for in, in overall increases. So we will we'll now put the ridiculousness to the side um, and get to the aspect of what people think they know and what they don't know. Okay. Okay. What is a fact? The fact is that until you max out at the cap of the pay scale, you get a percentage raise every year. Anywhere between, I think, 1% and, depending on your education level, 
up to three and a half percent based on because every year of experience that you get, you rise on the pay scale. I I actually I think it's after three years. I, I actually think you're that, in there. that there's it depends on the district how it how they hit lay it out, but it might be an experience range, so like of two or three years. So it may not be every year, but but, but you're if you're in a, it long enough, you're you, getting, you can yeah. you can get up incrementally at least every couple of years. You you grow. I think where it is right now, the top of the range is about. Forty to fifty thousand above the starting pay. Okay, so you want and that's based on education, all those other things. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio six ten K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Tom. What's on your mind, Tom? Hey, I'm from Kenwick, and I uh, I just wanted to ask you: Aren't we regarding Dave Bond's salary? Aren't we in actually paying two superintendents right now because they hired someone to replace him already? So we actually could save two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now, the, the I, I see what you're saying, but the 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 incoming superintendent is not making the same as Dave no. Bond, and and not to mention that still doesn't compare to six and a half million dollars. Yeah, it doesn't go far. Um, but you 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 get increases over the course of time. Yes, that that aren't negotiated. That are part of the cap, right? Okay, so it's not you don't have to have a negotiation to get an increase. Um, when was the last time you had a cost of living increase? Oh, just now. No, yeah. <laughs> See, but okay, but, but, but this I, is what I, I'm saying. This is I, what I'm I saying. I understand. I okay? understand. Here's the, the, the entitlement aspect of this is, is probably, I think, the most infuriating part. Okay. Oh well, we well we we need to have a cost of living raise. Go out and talk to anybody that works in a majority of industries out in the tri cities and ask them how often they get a cost of living raise. Okay, because here's how here's here's how it works. All of this disproportionately affects property owners. Because they're the ones that pay the taxes. So they're not getting a cost of living raise. But all these bumps are going to wind up affecting property tax. And so it's okay to burden somebody else. It's okay to put it on somebody else's back to make sure you get what you want. And that's why public service unions drive me nuts. I hear what you're saying. I, well, I'll, I'll, get into, I'll get into my, I guess, biggest issue after we go to the phones, you're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Mr. Max in Kennewick. Hi, Max. What's going, going on, on, Max? Hey, I appreciate your discussions. Uh, uh, I mostly agree with what you've said about teacher salaries. However, I think they're always going to have a, a bit of a struggle until we elongate the school year and make them work year-round like everybody else in society. And... Uh, which I think will happen at some point. I just don't know what it will take. Um, but I would like to point out on a side observation on the whole teachers and salaries and everything. Yesterday I took my grandson to his new kindergarten teacher. And she said last year she had 26 kindergartners in her classroom in Kennewick. Now, I don't know what your feelings are, but I can't imagine one teacher being able to supervise adequately 26 kindergartners. And she said a lot of it has to do with real estate growth. 
So there's your downside of uh, explosive real estate growth and trying to keep up with the school system. And that's just kindergarten. They got a school that's almost brand new, and they already have portables out there. Uh, some of the land use and development stuff needs to be looked at for the John to die, I think, in terms of what the other effects are. And maybe it's a planning part on the part of the school district that they're not up to speed. Or maybe it's that we're letting everybody and their dog build houses as fast as they can. I don't know what. But I just wanted to have that input. Thanks for the call, Max. Appreciate it. Isn't there something that prohibits the school district from from planning too far out that they can't go above? I don't know that they can. Yeah, I mean, mean, it's, it's, you're trying to plan for growth. Yeah. And so, for example, with the high school renovations, they're adding enough room for 500 additional students. Right. And people are saying, well, that's going to be done before it's even built. But there's something, and I remember asking this question, that there is something with the state that prevents them from going to, say, instead of planning for 2,100 students, planning for 3,000. Well, it's a catch-22, right? Right. If if a school district says, if the school district is, you know, whether it's Dave Bond or any of them, come go to the public and says, we see the growth in in our school district over the next 10 years is going to be X. So we need a ton of money to build new schools to accommodate that growth. People don't go for it because it's too much money. Well, we we can't we can't say yes to this because that's it's too much money. It's too big of a jump at any time. So it's a balancing act. The school district has to balance its needs versus what they, for lack of a better term, can get away with charging property owners and citizens. And even then, it's not a given that it's going to pass. So I, I hear that argument, and, and Max is absolutely right. And and Kennewick is not not a, you know the only one out there. You know, Pasco has uh, has built a lot of uh, new schools re- recently that are already overcrowded. Same with Richland. And at the time, you know, those school districts thought that that was the prudent way to go. They weren't asking for the moon. They were asking for a large chunk, and it wasn't enough. So would you, as a citizen, rather say, over the next 10 years, we're going to sign off on $500 million, $500 million to build all the schools that we think we're going to need over the next 10 to 15 years, or every couple of years, you get the two to three million dollars because you think that that's going to have an easier time passing. It's a balancing act, right? Well, and and well, the sure taxpayers aren't going to be happy either way. And, and look, you can't predict. You, you can't predict fifteen years down the line. You could have a drop in population in certain areas, or at least a leveling off. A leveling sure. off. You got to people move from one area to another, mm-hmm. therefore leaving more room someplace that you estimated 15 years before was going to possibly max out. You can't, you know, you, you have to do it incrementally, but if you look at where the growth is happening, you know, and I agree with Max, 26 is 20, 26 is a fair amount of small ones running around driving you crazy. But 
did most of the people happen to move into that area where that school is? At which point in time, yeah, parents have the option of sending their kid to another school in the district, but they have to drive them. Right, yeah. So, you know, you could reduce that class size, but then it's your choice to drive your child to another school. It's just another, you know, this whole smaller class size issue, people present it like it's some magic wand. Yeah, it's not. Where do you think these the overflow kids are going to go. They're going to need to go into more classrooms, which require more teachers, which is more cost. And they might even need more classrooms and maybe even more build, buildings. So, you know, <laughs> let me let me get to my thing. I know we're up on a commercial break here soon. This kind of goes to my frustration with, with this situation in Kennewick and, and whenever we talk about this sort of thing. First of all, I am not blaming anyone. Okay? So don't even don't even call up and say I'm taking sides or whatever. But here is my frustration. My frustration is that both sides, more so it seems on the union side, that when asked what the problem is, it's a moving target. And I have again, I have talked to many teachers I know a lot of teachers, you know, the district is presenting mostly the salary issues. And what's what's the one thing that teachers will come back at? Well, it's more than just the salaries. That's not the most important thing. Well, it is kind of if you ask the, the union leadership, but it's these other things. Well, why aren't we talking about this? And what do you mean about this? Well, we want to get we want to get compensated like you know, our neighbors in Richland and Pasco. And it's, there is no one or two or even three things to encompass the situation, at least in this time. And I don't think it was the case in Pasco either. A couple of years ago when they went on strike, it was, it was a very complex issue. So for anybody to make these rash generalizations that it's only about the money or it's only about uh, like compensation for Richland and Pasco, and it's you know it has nothing to do with A, B, or C. I don't know that you can say that, and that's what's the frustrating part. Is I think if it was two, three things. There wouldn't be a strike. You'd be able to, you know, the state mediator would be able to come in and say, well, let's talk about these two or three things and where we can find common ground. It's not. It's a complex issue with branches and all these different things. 547-1610. Back after this. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610, if you'd like to get involved in the program. And if you're thinking about getting involved in the housing market, contact Jennifer Mons with Windermere Real Estate. Visit her website, jennifermonds.com. You can fire off any question you want to. Are you thinking about buying land, building your own? Or do you have the kind of idea, the type of house you're looking for, based on kids, based on downsizing? Any question you have, buying or selling, send to Jennifer on her website, jennifermonds.com, jennifermonds.com. 
com with Windermere Real Estate. Buying, selling, look at listings. Jennifer Mons wants to exceed your expectations. 547 to get involved in the program. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Jennifer Ellensburg. What's up? I got a tough one for you. Uh, while the strike's going on, there's not likely to be any kiddos or anybody out on the, out on the streets or under the school zones. If that light's flashing while well, during the strike, do we still have to do 20? Yes. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. it's flashing, you got to do 20. It doesn't matter what the reason. Even if it's a malfunction, you got to do 20. Because if you don't, it's a hefty fine. So, yes, you still got to do 20. It's ironic that the last caller calling from Ellensburg, Ellensburg actually <laughs> is um, going to be voting soon, either tonight or tomorrow, on whether or not they are going to go on strike next week. They're supposed to start school next week. There's one other school district that currently is on strike, and that's Toodle Lake. It's a yes. little tiny one over on the west side. Um, so just throwing that out there now five four seven one six ten in the last few minutes of this hour we want to uh, to address uh, a question came up yeah about whether you know how the strike affects the fall sports teams and you know they've noticed that you know football teams are practicing and you know cross countries practice or not yeah cross countries practicing and, you know, all the different fall sports are still practicing. Well, yes. a couple of years ago, the WIAA um, said that in the event of a strike, they the coaches still can coach the kids to get them ready for the season if it came to that. And, in fact, the coaches are under a separate, like, subdivision yes. of a regular uh, teacher's contract where that allows them to continue coaching. And people are saying, well, that's not fair. It's preferential treatment of the sports. Well, here's it, here's what it comes down to. Say this strike, like the one in Pasco, lasts a week and a half, two weeks. You lose games. You cannot make up those games. You cannot. There, the schedule is so tight that you cannot make up the – you can make up the school days – you know, you have in, to make up school. That's days. right. In various ways, even tack it on to the end. However, you don't but, have to make up the games, but you can't make up yeah. the games. So that's why, um, you know, the games must go on, so to speak. Yeah. So if you've seen uh, kids at a Lampson practicing, that's exactly why, because they have games coming up that they have to prepare for. And even though they are not necessarily preparing for a school day, um, they want to make sure that they get those games in so uh, they do have the ability to do that five four seven one six ten if you have any thoughts the other big question that we keep running into it that a lot of people aren't necessarily sure of they think they might know but they're not 100 percent positive and that is the question of the legality regarding a teacher strike mm-hmm When we come back, we'll talk with Chris Cargill. He is the Eastern Washington Director for the Washington Policy Center. We'll talk about what exactly the state law says, uh, what exactly the repercussions are or may be, or if it's just not worth the paper it's printed on. So we'll tackle that aspect and, of course, take more of your calls. Our poll question for today at Bottom Line 610 and at 610-K1A Radio. Do you? How long do you think the strike will last? A number of people already getting involved and weighing in. 
based on what they think the outcome will be and how long it will last. You can add your voice to that as well. Bottom line, 610 at 610 at K-O-N-A. More of the bottom line after this.